stats are for losers. Welcome, everyone, to another thrilling episode of Statistically Speaking. I'm your co-host, Kyle. With me always is the very beautiful Blinken Riley. Uh, we got a special guest today. Uh, he's on Twitter, at College Football Winning Edge, and his name is Nicholas. Nicholas, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for uh, having me on. Yeah, anytime. I, I saw um, I saw something you posted uh, a few days ago, and I was like, oh, I got to get this. No, maybe a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I got to get this guy on. Why don't you <laughs> tell everyone uh, exactly what it is you do uh, regarding analytics? Uh, I see on your profile you talk about uh, player and coach ratings. Uh, what all, what all are you into, uh, college football wise right now on Twitter? Well, so it's, it's, uh, a little hard to describe exactly and, and succinctly, I guess, but, um, I have, uh, built basically these crazy big Google sheets where, um, I have, uh, put together a, a lot of information. Uh, most of it is personnel based, uh, do dig in a little bit to, uh, some stats. I've, I've got a handful that that are among my favorites. Um, but I started several years ago, wanted to put something together that kind of drilled down to the player level. And I do have a, a coaching background a little bit, wanted to include that as well. And just sort of, you know, cobbled something together. And over the last few years have uh, worked through a lot of trial and error, but um, have come up with you know, I, I think some uh, different useful things, a lot of stuff for yeah. uh, preseason work, returning production, and um, a lot of, you know, I, I try to keep track of injuries best I can and, and yeah, so, personnel so moves. W- w- what like exactly that. do you use for keeping up with those injuries and stuff? Because like, is it like, like, I remember one time I was looking up a stat and I wanted to do returning production. I was like, okay, let me Google like Akron's injury update and it was so hard to find anything that i was like is this the most recent is this the most current like it was a pain in the ass like how exactly do you go about doing this and do you do it for all 131 fbs teams or 130 whatever it is? yeah all, all 131 fbs teams and obviously you know it's not perfect and, and yeah. you can't keep track of everything right. um, and so many teams keep things close to the best that it's difficult but um basically i follow as many uh, beat writers as possible for each team, you know, team sites. Uh, I am part of some other communities. I'm, I'm uh, on the uh, CFF site Discord where they've got a great group of guys together uh, and gals to, um, you know, keep track of a lot of injuries, mostly yeah. on the offensive side. But uh, basically anytime I see a, a tweet, um, I will uh, email myself and, and go through and try to make, you know, Updates. Could be dozens, could be hundreds <laughs> per day, per week. Uh, yeah. Try to try to keep track of it all best I can. Yeah. Well, can you imagine doing this like in like 1928 when like people, <laughs> people were dying during the games? That would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, um, so like you, uh, you have a podcast, right? Yeah, we've got a weekly podcast. Uh, my co-host Scott Bogman and Xavier Trish uh, get together once a week and. Um, talk about our projections, why they're probably wrong. And, and those guys try to, you know, shoot holes in things. And, and yeah. Uh, uh, we, yeah, have, have a good time doing it. Well, we, we're, we're going to make some college pick uh picks in a little bit. And we will, I will do my best to pick apart everything you say. So it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So, uh, so on your uh, podcast with your projections, do you do any, uh, like betting? Do you do any, anything like that? Do you, uh, you know, see how your numbers compare with Vegas? Uh, I know that's a lot, you know, a lot of folks do that. What, what's your, what's your, uh, how do you, uh, do you, do you even mess with it? You know, some, some people don't even pay attention to the betting scene and, and all that, but you know, what, what do you do? Yeah, for me, it's it's sort of the simplest way to keep score and kind of keep me accountable, see if you know we're on the right track. And um, I have done projections for every FBS uh, versus FBS game the last uh, four years. This is our fourth year, I think, uh, maybe fifth. Um, and on our FBS team profiles, there's a schedule section that does have uh, constantly updated projected point spreads for every game. Um, there are actually three different models. One I kind of call my uh, official one, and then one that's a stats-only model, one that's a, a talent-only model, and kind of want to you know, give a, a three different looks at a particular game if there's something glaring that, that jumps out, and then do grade all three of those um, against the... I use a, a midweek uh, consensus point spread, um, put those projections out uh, to our Patreon supporters on Tuesdays, um, grade them at the end of each week, um, and then do totals as well. Have one, one projection for, for totals of each game. Nice. Uh, I was, I was just thinking to myself, man, all that data in your Google sheets, that has to be, you gotta, gotta have people who like want to have that. And I was like, there has gotta be a way. And I look up, oh, he's got Patreon. I guarantee <laughs> you can download them. And yep. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of data, he does offer Patreon uh, where you can have access to all those sheets that he's talking about. And let me tell you, there are times that I, I would I would kill to have someone just have the data done for me. I hate finding data. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, team-wise, it, it's a lot of work on the yeah. front end. Uh, I kind of wanted to find something to do to occupy, occupy my time. I'm... I'm uh, really fortunate to have a lot of time to dedicate to this sort of stuff. Um, and so it's, it's definitely, you know, takes a lot of off time off season work, uh, to put together all the projected depth charts and and all that good stuff. But I, I lean really heavily on a lot of folks in the, uh, analytics community who, you know, do some great work finding a lot of, I, 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 you know, like stats, use stats a lot, but for the most part, I, I, refer to you know a lot of the the stat work that other people have done um my strength you know just seems to be the the personnel side for the most part um and so it's you know great that there is a a really vibrant community out there of people who are doing a lot of great work and you know fortunately we uh a lot of times we'll you know reach out and touch base with each other and and uh, uh everybody has their you know particular strengths and and you know, I, I uh, know which ones are not mine and, and sometimes, you know, have to, to lean on others um, and a lot of the work that they do for, for, you know, to help me with mine. Yeah, it, it, that that's exactly why I even got on Twitter, um, just for the community out there of people who not only like will they offer uh, advice, but like also like, you know, critique, critique your work, make you make you a better a better user of data, a better gatherer of data, better every, better analyst of data, everything. Um, uh, if you ever want to, I think there's like a, a meme where it's like, if you ever want to feel cringy, just read 
like emails you sent four years ago or something like that. <laughs> Same thing applies to Twitter. If you want to, if you want to cringe, go like four years ago and look at your tweets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, I, I've gotten more to where I, I tweet less and less. It seems like every, yeah. every year, every week. And, yeah. and so it's, it's been pretty rare this time or uh, this year, but, but yeah, I, I will occasionally look back and, and said, said some silly things in the past. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, well, great. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Glad to get your name out there. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, everyone go follow Nick. Uh, do you have a personal Twitter or is it just the um, the college football edge? I do, but I don't tweet okay. very much about football. I don't tweet very much on, on that one at all. So if, if you want anything college football related uh, at CFB Winning Edge is, is uh, your best bet. And even then, I'm not super active. I, I do... I spend more time in, in DMs. I spend a ton of time on Twitter, obviously, you know, trying to gather injury info and, yeah. and all that stuff. But do you, um, do you have like bots and stuff set up to like help like alert you to that stuff? Or is it just like you just have like certain like search terms you do every day or what's the best way to do that? So unfortunately, I'm I'm not particularly smart or technically savvy. <laughs> I just have uh, a fair amount of time and, and just over the years have built um, I think a, a pretty decent, uh, collection of, of people to follow yeah. and it's, it's a lot of, you know, it's, it's definitely a work harder, not smarter, uh, effort sometime. Yeah. Um, I would love if, you know, at, at some point, if, if somebody who, uh, knows how to do those things would, would work with me maybe in the off season to teach me a few things or, or, Hey, maybe even, you know, come on board, who knows someday. And, and, uh, I would love to automate a little bit more of it, but unfortunately yeah. right now it's, it's definitely more, uh, you know, work harder and, and not necessarily smarter. I'm right there with you on the, on the work harder, not smarter sometimes, because, you know, sometimes it's just not, it's just not worth it. I was, so like when COVID hit, I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, I was working from home and it wasn't like a work from home type position. So there was a lot of, there's a lot of downtime. So I was like, Oh, I, I got to use this time to like, compile this data set that I've wanted to where it's like every single college football game that's ever been played and like tie in like rankings at, at that. So like, instead of going to sports reference or, or looking up my AP rank spreadsheet at something I want to know, I could just have it all in the same place. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. so I got all the, I got the game data fine. But then when I had my rankings and the game data, I was trying to connect them. And I, I spent so much time trying to like find like how to do that, like in R uh, and it just, I just threw up my hands like, I'm done. I'm just going to manually, or I'm, I'll find a way. And I use like VLOOKUP or I don't know what I use. Some sort of concatenation VLOOKUP ignore type crazy sequence in Excel. <laughs> and I finally figured it out. I was like, I'm just going to do this the old fashioned way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I been there, done that. Uh, I'm all for it. As long as it gets the job done, I will do it. Yeah. So yeah. And for me, it's actually a little bit of a, uh, a chance to, learn as I'm going. I, I do find at times some things I've, I've gotten a little bit smarter about and have automated over the years. And, and sometimes I miss actually having to go in and, and manually do everything because it, you know, I, I see it one more time and I think about it. And if it's just there, you know, I may not, I don't know, I, I may not pay much attention, may not go and look at it. Um, so there are some benefits, but it, it's, you know, definitely in, in a lot of cases, Time could be better spent elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, with that, let's let's get into some straight up picks. Let's do it. 
what we got on the slate yeah, this right. week. So, so again, all these are going to be straight up picks. We're going to pick straight up. I'll give a line and you know maybe some other information, but uh, all the picks are going to be um, straight up winners. So That's let's good. start Washington State at USC. So this line's at twelve in favor of USC. Um, the average. Um, the average line from the projections on prediction tracker is at nine. Um, so a little less than the, the Vegas line, um, but USC still a fairly decent favorite at home. What do you all think of Washington state at USC? Uh, I don't know. Um, let me think. So, you know, I think USC is heading in the right direction. I'm. I don't know if they are. What are they? Top top six or number six? I, I don't know if they're a number six team in the country. Um, they haven't really played anyone yet. No no ranked opponents yet. They're, they play Utah next week. But you know, I think Washington State could catch them off guard. But you know, I want to lean USC just because. Um, it's at USC, so I give them the edge. I don't know if they'll win by nine. Uh, that you know that um, that what game was it where they I, they didn't look that great? Just happened. Uh, I mean, oh, Oregon, State. Oregon State. Yeah, the, the, the perfect example. You, yeah, you could make the argument that they maybe shouldn't have won that game. I right. mean, it, that was they didn't look yeah. super great. So straight up, straight up, I will take USC. But if I was betting the spread. Definitely Washington State on that. Yeah, I think if this game were in Pullman, I mean, similar to how they had to travel to, to Corvallis, um, and CFB data uh, obviously lean on them heavily for, for a lot of the work that they do for uh, providing the, the public data. I know they had a 13% post-game win expectancy uh, at Oregon State. So Pullman's one of those you know places, tough to win on the road uh, there in the Pac-12. So uh, fortunately for USC, it's at home. Um, I've got USC as a double digit favorite, a little bit, uh, less than the 12 that you mentioned. Um, but one of the things that, that I look at pretty heavily, uh, the biggest piece of, of my, uh, projection is talent numbers. I, I, something I call roster strength is, um, take the, uh, recruiting rankings as the first element, build onto it, add a little bit of weight for experience and more for, production just to try to you know capture a little bit of maybe if somebody's underrated uh coming out of high school or something usc has a top five overall roster strength uh top three on the offensive side of the ball top 25 on defense um they obviously maybe it's not so obvious actually because they've had some uh real good you know turnover luck but they've struggled at times on defense especially against the run my team performance numbers where i try to uh, drill down give a, a basic grade for um, each side of the the ball and, you know, run defense, uh, pass defense, that sort of thing. Um, have them 117th in that defensive uh, team performance against the run. Um, if they, you know, struggled against the pass more, I, I think I would give Washington State a little bit more uh, of a chance. But with it being at home, with, you know, USC being a little bit better, defending the pass and, and that offense, you know, clicking on all cylinders. I, I think it's a game they probably should win and, and, you know, by double digits seems, seems reasonable. 
Yeah, I I was going to mention that uh, the turnover luck. I mean, you know, they have right now 15 total game turnovers and lo- they've lost one. I mean, they're, they're number one in turnover margin per game and it's not close. And so, like, I'm just sitting here waiting for that. I mean, I would say damn to break, but it, even if they win a game without a turnover, I mean, that, that would be, you know, a couple of those games they've been in. If they went without the two, two turnovers they had, you know, that might be a very different outcome. Um, and so, you know, that's just not reproducible. And so they're going to run into that. I think, I don't, I don't know that it'll be this weekend. I think at home it'll be, it'll be close, but, uh, I think at home they probably still get the job done, uh, against Washington state. Next Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers against UTSA, everybody's favorite. Roadrunners. Um, uh, this line's at six and a half. Um, the average on prediction tracker is one or two, I guess, two points for San Antonio, uh, UT San Antonio. So pred- prediction tracker says this is going to be a virtually a toss up. Uh, Vegas likes uh, UTSA a little more. What do you all think about this game? I'm a little biased because I've actually watch an entire game where they played because <laughs> uh, Texas played them earlier. So I'm going with them. I, I think they're, they're a pretty good squad. Uh, I know they're not as good as last year, uh, but I fell in love with them last year, just like the world did. So meet me all day on this one. Yeah, I've, I've got this pretty close to uh, what the, the prediction tracker uh, seems to about two and a half uh, for UTSA. So uh, I, I think it's a pretty even matchup. Um, I've loved watching Frank Harris the last few years. I feel like uh, I know he, he got banged up a little bit a couple of weeks ago, but it seems like he's you know playing pretty close to, to full strength. Uh, great receiving core. You know, of course, Western Kentucky is is uh, still operating at a, a pretty high uh, mark offensively and, and throwing the football. Austin Reeves looked good. Um, they've spread the ball around you know, certainly to a, a pretty decent uh, group, new look for the most part, uh, group of receivers. Um, I, I feel like it's, you know, pretty pretty evenly uh, matched. If, if this game were in Bowling Green, uh, I might, you know, side with the WKU, but uh, I think being in San Antonio and, and they seem to be uh, really clicking on offense and, and uh yeah, I just I, I give the Roadrunners a, a slight edge, so I'll I'll uh, say that they're going to get it done at home. All right, I'm going to be contrarian here. I'm going to say that I think I think at, at times both of these teams have been looked really good. Uh, I think this could be a really good game. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the road upset, and I'm going to take Western Kentucky to Let's beat do it to beat the the Roadrunners. All right, North Carolina at Miami. Vegas lines four. Uh, prediction tracker average is at one point in favor of Miami. Um, I don't. I mean, personally, I think Miami has looked real bad at times. Um, what do you all think about North Carolina at Miami? Frankly, I'm a little surprised that 
uh, Miami is favored. Uh, I would have thought maybe a point or two to North Carolina, but uh, what do you all think? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought Miami's home field advantage was much, but apparently I, I think that's what it is. Um, but I don't think it matters. They have not, they've looked like hot garbage. Um, I still don't understand how they didn't beat a and still mad at them for that. Um, I don't think they keep it close with North Carolina. I think North Carolina wins this pretty easily. What about y'all? Uh, so I've, I've got it as a virtual toss-up. I've got Miami favored by half a point, and that does include two and a half points for home field advantage. Like you mentioned, you know, maybe they aren't quite deserving of, of that full uh, two and a half points. Um, there's certainly some issues on the, the North Carolina, uh, defensive side of the ball. They're 121st in defensive team performance overall, 108th against the pass, 96th against the run. Uh, Miami has, you know, the, the strength that they've had on offense has been running the football, but they are really banged up at the offensive skill positions. Um, Jalen Knighton has been, you know, really limited, uh, Henry Parrish was banged up in the last game, so they might be leaning pretty heavily on Thad Franklin, who's basically a fullback, was you know fourth-string guy coming into the year. Uh, the receiver core has been hit real hard by injury. Jacoby George, Xavier uh, Restrepo probably going to be out. Uh, Zion Nelson, their left tackle, who's got a lot of you know first-round NFL draft buzz, uh, apparently suffered a setback uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, he may not play in this game. So uh, I'm, I'm a little concerned, you know, I would be normally about Miami, um, but North Carolina struggled so much on, on the defensive side of the ball. Miami has had an extra week to prepare, get healthy. Um, so I, I don't necessarily feel great about it, especially because I mean, North Carolina is number one in, in passing offensive team performance, number five overall on the offensive team performance. Um, you know, they're, they're top 10 in, yards per pass attempt against FBS opponents, 11th in points per drive, 10th in yards per play against FBS opponents. So uh, it's certainly going to be a, a difficult task for um, that Miami defense. But uh, I, I think, you know, I, I, I do uh, trust, I guess, uh, my projections and, and by the, the slimmest of margins, I um, guess I'll go with Miami to, to get it done at home. So I think I think uh, you know you talked a little about uh, North Carolina and on the offensive side of the ball. You know they're scoring forty five points a game, over five hundred yards offense per game. Um, I think, and you know, with some of the things you had mentioned about um, Miami's personnel, especially on the offensive side of the ball, I'm not sure that they, you know, could can score enough points to to, to keep up uh, in in a game like this. So. I think I I, th- I think it'll probably be it won't be you know a blowout, but I think North Carolina wins this one. Uh, so I'm going to go with North Carolina. All right, BYU at Notre Dame, Battle of the Independents. Hmm. Uh, line on this is four. Uh, prediction tracker average is also four, so kind of right in line. Um, that's four in favor of Notre Dame. Um, what about what do y'all think of BYU Notre Dame? Um, 
I think this will be a a pretty close game. Uh, but I, I have the edge going to BYU, even though even though it's at Notre Dame, right? Uh, it's yeah. in Las Vegas. It's in Las oh, Vegas. Okay. It's like that, a neutral site. Yeah, that, cha- that changes everything. BYU. That's close to Utah. <laughs> there you go. Done. Yeah, I, I lean uh, BYU as well. Uh, Notre Dame does have an extra week to prepare. Um, they've obviously lost their starting quarterback to injury already this year, uh, which has certainly downgraded them in, in you know my power rankings for sure. Um, there is, is certainly a drop off uh, to Drew Pine. Um, similar to Miami, they've been really banged up in the receiving core uh, as well. Had some offensive line uh, struggles. Um, BYU is a team that, uh, admittedly, you know my my uh, rankings and, and projections uh, are lower than most, or, or maybe on you know they're they're it's difficult sometimes for a uh, non-power conference team, Power 5 team, uh, to rank particularly high in, in my projections. BYU's at 28, which is, you know, that that's some respect, the, the way that um, my uh, team strength ratings are, are calculated. Uh, BYU has some decent talent numbers, top 40 overall in roster strength, 30th on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I like Jaron Hall a lot. I mean, he's getting some NFL draft buzz. He's certainly uh, on the older side, but um, is one of the you know better quarterbacks uh, in the country. I, you know, I, would, I would certainly say um, a top you know twenty at the very worst, fifteen maybe. Um, and, and I know there are some folks who, who rank him much higher than that. Uh, he hasn't had a full complement of receivers. Uh, Gunnar Romney played his first game last week. Puka Nakua has been in and out for quite a while. Uh, Chase Roberts, who flashed a few weeks ago, uh, was out in the most recent game. So. Um, not sure yet if Nakua is going to be able to make it back or Roberts is going to be able to make it back, but, you know, eventually, hopefully, uh, Jaron Hall will have a, a full complement of receivers. And then I think we'll see, you know, maybe even an even better BYU team than we've seen so far this year. They do rank in the top 25 in passing team performance on the offensive side of the ball, top 40 on offense, uh, and their passing defense has, has been a strength so far as well. So uh, I have BYU as a slight favorite. Um, the location I think does benefit BYU a bit uh, and, you know, not, not a true road game, I, I think will help them. Um, so I, I think there's certainly a chance they'll be able to, to pick up a close win by a field goal or, or something along those lines. So uh, I'm going to go with B or with uh, Notre Dame. Um, so the, this Notre Dame team, I guess, their strength coming into the season was the defensive side of the ball. I think everybody kind of knew that. Um, but they hadn't looked very good. They hadn't looked Notre Dame defense in the first few weeks. Uh, but then they actually, I think, you know, in holding a North Carolina team to um, 330 or so yards of offense, I think was a, a pretty good um, showing. And so... I think they're probably getting on the right track. I, I'm going to go with Notre Dame uh, to win this game. Florida State, North Carolina State. Vegas likes North Carolina State by three and a half. Um, the prediction tracker line actually likes North Carolina State by a little more, six and a half. Um, North Carolina State versus Florida State. What do we think? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> 
Um, you know, Wake Forest pretty solidly beat Florida State last week. Um, I thought they would, but I thought North Carolina State would have played a better game than they did. They had chances uh, to win it or to pull ahead, but couldn't hold on. So I think they're slightly better than Florida State. Um, and home field advantage, I think, means something in this game. I think NC State wins this. Yeah, I'd say have some very similar thoughts. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with NC State last week. Uh, I thought the final score was a little bit closer than that game seemed for the most part. Clemson seemed to be uh, pretty much in control after they um, you know, took the lead after that first NC State uh, touchdown. Um, Florida State, you know, somewhat similarly, uh, just didn't start well and, and couldn't quite catch up against Wake Forest. I, I think that, um, you know, being in Raleigh certainly is, is uh, going to be big for NC State. Um, I do uh, talent and unit, uh, or excuse me, position and unit ratings based on uh, my talent numbers and, and individual player ratings uh, for each unit. And NC State has the best linebacker core in the country, uh, according to my numbers. Um, you know, Florida State is obviously talented as well, has recruited really well over the years, but NC State uh, takes advantage of, of some of those uh, weights, as I mentioned, for production and, and experience. Um, came into the year with arguably, however you, you calculate it, you know, could say the most experienced defense in the country. Uh, certainly, you know, both teams have, have gotten pretty good quarterback play or, or certainly have the potential to get good quarterback play. I would argue that Jordan Travis has actually been a little more impressive so far this year than, than Devin Leary uh, to date. Um, also, I would say that, that Florida state maybe has a few more offensive playmakers uh, than NC state. So perhaps I'm, I'm talking myself out of it a little bit, uh, but uh, my projections do side with NC state as about a, a field goal uh, favorite. Uh, though I don't necessarily, you know, have a ton of confidence in that. I, I do think that Florida State matches up pretty well, um, will be a, a tough test for that NC State defense uh, if, you know, guys like Johnny Wilson continue to, to play at a high level. Micah Pittman, uh, you know, those both transfers in their first year um, have been playing really well in recent weeks, and Jordan Travis off to a great start. So, um I, I hesitate. I, I kind of wish maybe that that uh, the projection would would uh, call for Florida State to win outright, but but uh, NC State and, and that defense, I think, uh, certainly capable of winning by about a field goal. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm going to go NC State um, on this one. This one was kind of hard for me to pick. I went back and forth, but uh, I think at the end of the day, uh, being at home. Florida State coming off a loss. I think I think NC State takes this one. All right, to the Big 12, Kansas State, Iowa State. The line's currently at two in favor of Kansas State. Uh, prediction tracker, the average, says this is basically a pick 'em. This is This is a, a toss-up. Yeah, um, just the way Kansas State's been playing against Oklahoma and then against Tech. Uh, I, I think th- th- this is a year to to probably besides like 2012 probably do the best they've done in a long time 
in the Big 12. So I, I think they'll handle Iowa State fine. It, this is called Farmageddon, right? <laughs> I believe so. Yes. For those who don't know, this is Farmageddon. Um, so you'll see lots of corn out there. But uh, uh, give me Kansas State on this one. Uh, so my projections so far this year have, have struggled with Iowa State. Um, don't necessarily have a great read. Uh, so much turnover uh, from last year to this year, roster-wise. Uh, they ranked 128th in overall returning production, according to my uh, numbers, 124th on offense, 128th on defense. And it's taken a little while, I think, for um, things to gel. Uh, they do seem to be playing you know, really good defense, uh, top 15 in overall defensive team performance, 10th against the pass, uh, 20th against the run. Um, but the running game hasn't got going. That was a strength, obviously, with uh, um, <laughs> when guys go to the NFL, it's almost like my, my memory uh, just gets completely wiped. Brees Hall, the, the first round. Uh, or second round, I guess. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Uh, Hunter Deckers at quarterback has, um, I think, a lot of tools, but hasn't quite settled in, you know, to that role, hasn't hasn't quite uh, developed a lot of consistency so far. Uh, on the other side, you know, Adrian Martinez played a ton of football, um, has been certainly very inconsistent himself, uh, but the last couple of weeks especially played really, really well. Deuce Vaughn is absolutely one of my favorite players uh, in all of college football. Um, so I think that, you know, Kansas State certainly is going to be able to test that Iowa State defense. Uh, I do have Kansas State favored. Um, it is, you know, really close, about a point and a half. Um, so technically, you know, would, would side on, on uh, uh, Kansas State. Um, and with it being on the road in Ames, I, I, again, don't feel necessarily great about it. It is a slim margin, but I think I trust K-State a little bit more right now. Certainly, you know, the loss to Tulane, they're capable of, uh, falling flat in, in a you know particular week. Uh, but with it being a rivalry game and, and, you know, they've played really, really well the last couple of weeks in, in big 12 play. Um, I, I feel more comfortable with K-State. I think they'll, they'll find a way to win. Yeah, I, I like you know. Obviously, everybody knows how great Juice Vaughn is, um, but I think something that we've seen—I I know, especially if I saw firsthand two weeks ago and even last week—I uh, think Kansas State has figured out how to put Adrian Martinez in a position to succeed. They've figured out what his strengths are and where where they need to put him, and I think it's shown in the last couple of weeks. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that's going to continue and he's going to, um, still play to his strengths. Um, and I'm going to take Kansas state on the road at Iowa state. All right. Utah, UCLA, UCLA is, uh, actually Utah is favored by four and a half. Um, prediction tracker says that's right on the money. Um, Utah, UCLA. I know for a fact home field advantage is non-existent at UCLA. <laughs> um, they always tweet pics of their games and it always goes viral on Twitter. So um, I'm going to say Utah on this one in a close one. Um, I think four is pretty good for this. So give me Utah on this. So UCLA, for whatever reason, 
the way I, I do things uh, is consistently rated what feels like just a little bit too high. Uh, and this year, they were a top 15 team uh, in my power rankings at the start of the year. And I you know, mentioned on the podcast, I tweeted it out that that uh, that was just annoyingly high, that that I, they're just a team that I've really not been able to, to trust in recent years. Um, it's stayed pretty consistent. I mean, they played pretty well, played at a top 20 level, um, including a top 15 level on, on the offensive side of the ball so far this year. Uh, my roster strength numbers, you know, think that UCLA is a top 10 team uh, roster wise across the board. Uh, they rank sixth in offensive roster strength. Um, and last week I didn't love it, but I had actually UCLA as an outright favorite against Washington. Um, it, it worked out last week. Uh, again, I'm in a similar position. Have UCLA actually as an outright favorite. Uh, I will agree that, you know, the home field advantage, somewhat similar to, to Miami, maybe, maybe they shouldn't get the full two and a half points, but I still have UCLA favored by more than a field goal, uh, even with zero home field advantage. So uh, I, I struggle because again, UCLA is, has always been a little too high in my rankings. Um, Utah has been far, far more consistent, um, but you know UCLA has been pretty good to me so far this year. So we'll, we'll stick with it and, and think that you know somehow they'll they'll find a way to beat a team that uh, probably few expect they will. So uh, I'm actually going to take UCLA as well. Oh, I, right. I think I think that they're a I think they're they're a good team. I mean uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson has been pl- playing really well. I mean. You know, 1,200 yards already on the season, uh, 11 touchdowns, one interception. I mean, he's even 104 of 140. So, I mean, he's he's efficient. He's uh, he's playing, and, you know, not to mention what, you know, he can do on the ground as well. Um, so, I, I think they're a fun team, and I think, I think they're going to win this one. So, I'm going to take UCLA. All right, Tennessee at LSU. Uh, Tennessee's favored by two and a half. Uh, it actually opened at three and a half uh, from what I have here um, and has moved down to two and a half um, in favor of Tennessee. Uh, the prediction tracker says this one's basically a toss up, maybe a half point actually to LSU, um, which maybe this is one of those instances where. Uh, the folks and their models haven't caught up to kind of how um, lackluster LSU is maybe. Um, But what do y'all think about this game? Yeah, uh, I agree with that. It's always recency bias where where that gives teams like that benefit of the doubt. Um, But since that very, since that first game, LSU has looked better, not like what we're used to, but uh, that Florida state game was God awful. Uh, Brian Kelly's won four straight, but so is Tennessee. Tennessee's looked actually not bad this year. I, I usually have them much lower than than I think they're going to do this year. So I've been impressed. So give me Tennessee and Death Valley. So somewhat similar to UCLA, LSU was a team that just the preseason and my projections seemed way too high. I, I think they finished. Uh, as the preseason number five team, which just 
I don't think they were even ranked in the AP poll, right? So um, that just, I felt like I was on a complete island with LSU. And certainly, you know, as bad as they looked that first week against Florida State, uh, didn't didn't come out of that game feeling pretty, or, or, you know, feeling good at all about it. Um, they rank really, really high in a lot of my roster numbers, top 10 overall, top five on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but I've been encouraged. Uh, you, you know, LSU has played better. Uh, they've actually played in you know, my team performance numbers 11th overall, uh, which is a little bit of a surprise, top 15 defense. And Tennessee does have the extra week to prepare. Uh, I, I do, you know, after some similar concerns in past years about Tennessee being a little too high, uh, now I think they are deservedly, you know, in that top 10 conversation. Um, they're eighth in my power rankings right now, so do have them you know, as the slightly better team. Uh, but with this game being in Death Valley, also worth noting that Cedric Tillman, uh, Tennessee's top wide receiver, um, may not play. Sounds like he he's doubtful, underwent a, a surgery a couple of weeks ago, um, and, and would be surprised if he's uh, going to be full strength. So uh, that does hurt. Uh, Tennessee does play at a really, really fast pace, uh, has a top 10 offense, top 10 passing offense in uh, team performance. Uh, but then also, you know, Hinton Hooker certainly is is capable of doing some damage on the ground and, and you know, guys like Javari Small and Jalen Wright have as well. So uh, I think still that LSU might be just a little too high. I, I think that some of the roster numbers that, that I've got for LSU um, might be just a touch inflated. Uh, so I, I, I don't feel great about it. This game in my projections is actually projected uh, LSU as a 0. .03 point favorite. So absolute toss up. Um, I'll go with LSU, you know, at home, Death Valley, tough place to play. Uh, but I do worry, you know, the passing offense hasn't looked good. They haven't got uh, Keyshawn Butte going. Um, but, uh, you know, being, being at Death Valley, I think, you know, maybe it's worth even more than that two and a half points. So uh, I'll side with LSU and, and, you know, think that they'll find a way to get it done, especially if uh, Tillman isn't able to go. So I, I'm going to take Tennessee. I think they're a good team. I think they, they've been doing well. They, they can obviously score points and move the ball. Um, and I think it being, um, you know, in Death Valley, that's a big deal. I think it would be a much bigger deal if it was a seven o'clock kick, but this is an 11 a.m. Central kick. I think that's going to be um, that that home field advantage for L- that LSU typically has might be dampened a little bit by that early morning kick. Um, sure. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Tennessee to win um, uh, win this game. Um, probably. Fairly handily. I mean, maybe you know, maybe a touchdown or so. But uh, uh, I think I think t- Tennessee wins this game. All right. Next for what some may call the game of the week, uh, TCU at Kansas. Yeah, it- uh, Vegas likes TCU by six. Uh, prediction tracker average also likes TCU by but by by about four. Um, what do, what do we think? Horn Frogs, Jayhawks. I, I think Battle of the Unbeaten. I think TCU 
will win, should win, but I just got to pull for Kansas. Every single week, they are making our loss against them last year sting just a little less, so they have to keep winning out until they play us. I want them winning, so uh, I feel better. So give me Kansas on this one. Let's see what the, the home field advantage can do for them. because they have, they have had like two sellout crowds this year, which is crazy for them. So maybe, maybe, they, maybe they have the edge in this one. We'll see. I've, I've been incredibly impressed with Kansas. Um, thought that, that they you know, couldn't have made a better hire uh, with Lance Leopold. We're, we're really, really fortunate to be able to get him at the time they did. And, and certainly it took a little while to get going last year. But by the end of the year, they were a really, really tough out. And uh, they don't look unbeatable right now, but, but they are legitimately – you know, playing a, a, they're playing really, really well, playing like a top 40 team, uh, according to my numbers, top 12 on offense. Uh, defense has, you know, a, a little bit of uh, areas of, of concern against the pass. They've struggled at times. Um, and my numbers have admittedly struggled a little bit to catch up to Kansas. I, I think they are a little underrated um, in my calculations, they're 59th in my power rankings, ninth in the Big 12. And, you know, they, they certainly have, have proven, I think, that they're better than that. Um, on the flip side, my numbers have, have been really high on TCU all along. I uh, have them 16th in my power rankings right now. So um, I think that, you know, TCU, as well as they played, they played like a top 10 team. Uh, they rank second in offensive team performance. Uh, number one in rushing offensive team performance. The defense is, you know, top 50. So certainly not a, a uh, you know, not one of the, the top units in the country, but much, much improved. Last year, they ranked 124th in defensive team performance overall. Uh, Max Duggan's playing really, really well. Seems like he's not going to uh, let go of that starting quarterback job um, anytime soon. And I think that, you know, offensively as well as they played, uh, may not have reached their ceiling since we haven't really seen uh, Quentin Johnston, uh, you know, at, at, at full strength yet. So um, I respect Kansas. I think that uh, they are a better team than my numbers uh, would show. Uh, but I've still got, you know, TCU is about a touchdown favorite and, and think that this is a game probably that, that they should win. Um, though, you know, it's, it's certainly going to be a, a fun one and, and think that, it's a winnable game for Kansas as well as they played. Um, but, but do think that uh, TCU will find a way to, to win on the road. Yeah. I got to go with, uh, with the Jayhawks as well. I got to go. Here you go with, uh, with Kansas. I think I love They're They're just so fun. Uh, they're fun to watch. I think they're legitimately good. Um, and yeah, I think, I think uh, the, it's going to be rocking there in Lawrence, uh, and I think they get it done. I think they go what five and zero, oh, six and zero. Oh? Yeah, that'd be six. Six and zero. Oh. Good grief! Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? So, so I'm 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 retroactively cheering for them because of last year, and you're like, I know you. You're you're wishing them luck because you know it's going to be a tough game against Oklahoma. So, you want I just them to look better. Listen, I just hope we don't get caught looking ahead this week <laughs> to Kansas. That, that was a good tweet. Good tweet. <laughs> okay. The grand right. finale. 
the the actual game of the week here. Uh, Texas Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. Uh, right now, Vegas likes Texas six and a half. Um, the prediction tracker average likes Texas by about two. Um, all right, what do we think? I mean, you know what I think. What What do you all think? Um, you know, since 2014, every single game at the Cotton Bowl between us has been a one possession game. But and this one has the the right stuff mixed in for that exact same thing to continue to happen. But I just think uh, last week, last week's performance against TCU really just made me think there, there's just no way this is going to be one possession. This is Texas's chance. We're going to win, and it'll be more than one by one possession. Uh, it's been a while. This will be the time. Uh, you know, our offense is not bad. Defense is better than last year. So I think, you know, that, that early lead we got to last year, I think we can do that again this year. But I do not think the defense will let y'all back into the game like they did last year. No way. Improbable. Can't happen. Improbable. Yeah. Uh, so I have to say, I'm, I'm honored that you guys would have me on uh, this week uh, of all weeks. Um these are, are two teams that, that I've struggled a little bit to get a, a handle on. Um, historically, uh, the both teams have, have ranked really, really high in, in my power rankings. Um, and historically, I, I think I've actually been on the wrong side uh, every year that I've done this. Um, so not <laughs> it's, sure if it's that's... It's one of those games. You, you literally... Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's a it's a expect the unexpected. Um, either team has a chance to win, regardless. Yes. You know, it's 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 the the stereotypical throw the records out uh, yep. game. Um, how things are shaping up this year? It, it you know, our numbers are really really high on Texas. They're actually sixth overall nationally in our our current power rankings. Um, rank really really high in in roster strength, sixth overall, fifth on the offensive side of the ball, 11th on defense. They've actually played, you know, almost like a top five team, believe it or not, even with two losses. Um, that Texas Tech loss, you know, they I, I know that uh, Bill Connolly tweeted, um, according to his numbers, was the most uh, improbable win of the year to date. So, you know, Texas performed quite well in that game, even though they weren't able to win. Certainly made Alabama look beatable, had a chance to win that game. Um, I've, I've been impressed at times, admittedly, I, I struggle a little bit still trusting Texas because they are kind of like UCLA, kind of like Tennessee, uh, a, a team that my numbers have consistently been high on and, and they've fallen a little short of, of those projections in most years. Um, but this year, you know, Oklahoma is, is, uh, falling quickly. Uh, they've been a, a, you know, top five, top six team, uh, pretty much since, I started, you know, doing this stuff uh, in, in, in our power rankings. Um, but this year uh, to date, and a lot of this has to do with the injury to Dylan Gabriel. Uh, if I knew he were at full strength, Tennessee would be closer to a top 10 team. Uh, if I knew he was for sure out, they'd be closer to, you know, fringe top 25. I mean, he's, he's got a 94 uh, and a half overall individual player rating. Um, the drop off from he to uh, Davis Bevel, uh, he's a, a sub eighty. So that you know, uh, these are meant to basically 
work the same way as a NCAA video game or Madden rating or, or whatever, uh, that type thing. So it's, it's a you know significant drop off. Um, and Oklahoma has, has played really, really well on the offensive side of the ball. They operated a fast pace. Um, but defensively, you know, they've really, really struggled against the run. Uh, they, you know, that doesn't necessarily bode well, uh, when you're going up against Bijan Robinson. Um, so I, I think that Texas, you know, this is a game that they probably should win. Um, hopefully both quarterbacks, uh, you know, hopefully we see Ewers back. Hopefully we see Gabriel back. Um, I think if, you know, either backup plays, obviously I, I feel uh, a little better about what I've seen from Hudson card so far. I think there's not, um, you know, a huge drop off or, or at least as big of a drop off there. Uh, but hopefully we'll get to see both guys back in, in full strength very soon. Uh, but I think that, that this is probably a game that Texas should win by between a, a field goal and, and a touchdown. Um, but again, I think I've been wrong every year. So, <laughs> so I, I think it's certainly one, uh, that Oklahoma is capable of winning, uh, even if, if, uh, it looks like right now, Texas has the better team coming in. Yeah, I, this is one of those games where the the going into it, the more comfortable I feel, I like I know what's going to happen. the The less I end up knowing what in the hell I was talking about. Like, it's just one of those games where you just you just I don't know. Weird stuff happens. It doesn't matter. They could run, you know, all scout team out there, and it would be a crazy, memorable, who knows kind of game. Like. It's just it's one of those things. Um, the re- the main reason I hate this rivalry is because I, I, going into it, like you said, I don't know anything that's going to happen. 2015 is the year I will I will never forget. Five and seven Texas, crap, beats college football playoff one loss only because of Texas. Oh, top ten Oklahoma. How in the world is that? That's not possible. But this rivalry, this happens every year. So, the, Doesn't matter, yeah. like you said, the less you know, the crazier it's going to be. Who knows? Um, I don't know. Yeah, it, it so scares me. Obviously, I'm going to take Oklahoma because right. I, I, I feel I feel morally obligated to. Um, uh, but I am very concerned <laughs> for this game. Uh, Oklahoma started three and zero and has lost the next two games. That's happened twice before for Oklahoma once in 1999 and once in 1916. <laughs> That's not a thing. It's not a thing we're used to seeing, right? Like, you know, win, win three handily and then just absolutely the bottom drops out on the next two. Um, also by the end of that game last week, by the end of the TCU game, um, Oklahoma had lost their starting quarterback. We had lost our first and second string running back a starting wide receiver, starting right tackle, both of our starting safeties, and our top two edge rushers, a defensive end and an outside linebacker. Holy crap. I don't know. I don't know who all is going to be back. You know, I don't know who all is going to be back in, in, you know, to play, but we're to say we're banged up after that game is, uh, you know, an understatement. So I don't know. I would, I would say, if I was a neutral observer, I might pick Texas by a field goal. But since I'm not, I'm going to pick te- Oklahoma by, you know, 
one point. Thir- 35 points. So. <laughs> hey, it, crazier things have happened in this game. Maybe we'll see General Booty uh, come up and just absolutely light you up. Yeah, and turn, Tex- so turn Texas to booty cheeks. Yeah. Yes. Who knows? Who knows what's yeah. going to happen? I mean, I do know that Oklahoma's going to win, but, you know, really, though, who knows? Uh, yeah, it's just a it's just a wonderful, crazy game. It's a it's it's last year's was so wild. Um, I was, I was happy. It was the first one I had gotten to go to in a long time. Uh, and actually I had taken my parents and it was their first one they had ever gotten to go to ever was last year's, uh, crazy comeback, uh, there in the cotton bowl. That was, uh, like, like yeah. never forget a game like that. Oh, me neither. <laughs> okay. Well, those are the picks. Um, I totally forgot to let you know, Nick, but we always end each episode with an Aggie fact. So I don't know if you know one or have one, but, um, I'll, I'm going to go through, I'm going to do mine. Um, in the last four seasons, Texas A&M has only had four regular season wins over opponents with a winning record. Oof. They just got their fourth so with Arkansas in four years. Not bad. They're just so bad. Let's see if I can uh, whip okay. something up here sure. real real quick for you. So, so, uh, Texas A&M's passing offense, uh, right now is, uh, at 205 yards per game right now, as of right now, that would land them at 25th on the rushing yards per game, all like national list. There are 24 teams rushing more uh, with more rushing yards per game than Texas A&M has passing yards per game. Texas, I don't know if you, I don't know if you noticed, folks, but Texas A&M can't throw the ball. They cannot, and it's only gotten worse. Their their star backup is now gone, so they got the original starter, but they hate him. So we'll see how it goes. Um, almost there. Okay. So I wanted to compare, uh, cause I've mentioned things like roster strength and, and team performance, uh, so far and, uh, Texas A&M, let's see, uh, ranks ninth in overall roster strength. And, uh, let's see, mm, uh, 12th in offensive roster strength. But if we were to compare that to you know what's actually happened on the field so far, uh, they rank 66th in overall team performance uh, and 88th in offensive team performance. So if you look at the gap between the two, everything I do is is designed to be on the same scale, kind of on that video game rating scale, to where 100 is is max and 65 is. Uh, kind of as, as low as, as we go. Um, so with a roughly an eight point gap in the two, there are 
uh, 12 teams nationally who have underachieved their team performance uh, relative to, to roster strength uh, than Texas A&M. So that's teams like uh, Arizona State, Colorado, Stanford, uh, Georgia Tech. Not necessarily the, the company uh, you would want yeah, to keep. good company. Wolf. Colorado. Uh, <laughs> on the offensive side of the ball, it's, it's slightly better, but Texas A&M is, is 21st in the distance between their offensive roster strength and, and their offensive uh, team performance. There's about a four-point gap. Uh, they rank just behind uh, New Mexico. Uh, right above Indiana, as far as sort of how those, those two. Oh my God. Sandwich between uh, New Mexico and Indiana on for offense is never a good statement. <laughs> so, so you know, if you're if you're looking at at what what you know the numbers, the the, the talent ratings, as uh, you know, the good people at places like two four seven Sports and and uh, places like that, you know, put together, um, this team should should be you know, top 10 type team. Uh, but right now they're, they're playing uh, definitely middle of the pack at best and, and offensively uh, definitely in the, in the, you know, back half uh, nationally and, and don't necessarily aren't, aren't, you know, making the best use of, of uh, that talent that that's on hand. Nice. Nice. That was very, that was a good one. I agree. That was good. Okay. Well, uh, that's the show. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming on. Tell the fine people having... one last time, besides at College Football Winning Edge, what all are you involved in? What can you plug? Uh, so I've, I've been involved in a lot of things over the years. I've, I've scaled back a bit um, to where at this point it, it's pretty much just CFB Winning Edge uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash CFB Winning Edge. Uh, we do have a podcast. Um, so on, on Patreon, our, our first tier uh, is basically just, hey, you know, love the podcast, want to want to uh, send a little your way. Uh, tier two is is the more popular one. Um, that is where I offer access to a lot of the information I've been talking about. I, I've got these um, just sort of ridiculously big sets of Google Sheets and 140 tabs in each one that have uh, all sorts of, uh, you know, roster numbers and, and you know, like I said, individual player ratings, uh, team performance, you know, there's some stats certainly mixed in. Um, but, uh, I, I do, uh, in the preseason, uh, returning production, uh, preseason stat projections, all kinds of good stuff. Uh, even though I don't tweet a lot, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of and, and always happy to, uh, to chat and, and, you know, answer any questions that anybody might have on, uh, you know, before, if you're considering signing up, but you want to know a little bit more about it, um, reach out. I'm always happy to, to offer some more information. So uh, really, really appreciate you guys having me. And, uh, you know, good luck to you both this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, please thank pray. You. Please pray for our livers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. I, I went to my first live college football game since I started this. So five years. I, I live in uh, Vermont right now. I've moved 10 times in the last 10 years, uh, but I've been in New England for three of the last four. Uh, and so had a Friday night opportunity. I, I won't do anything on Saturday because I need to watch as much as I can and, and be you know available to make updates in the sheets. But I felt like Dartmouth was playing a Friday night game. They hosted Penn. That's about an hour away. That was as good as it was going to get for me. So I uh, had a lot of fun, went to overtime. Dartmouth came up short. But uh, it was fun. So if you guys are getting to go to games, uh, enjoy it. 
And uh, yeah, like I said, best of luck to you all. Awesome. Thanks for coming on. Stats are for losers.